Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Europe United's Eurochat. Wydanie specjalne, zapraszamy. My name is Ken Sweeney and I'm joined by my Europe United colleague Ole Jasinska. Hi Ole, welcome Hi. back. Yeah, good to be here again. On the 28th of June, Poland is going to the ballot box to vote in a new president. And in this episode, we assess the candidates, their policies and try to find out who is the favourite for the highest position in Poland. To help us, we are joined by our journalist and director of public affairs at the Open Dialogue Foundation, Martin Majelski. Polish presidential elections had been initially planned for the 10th of May, but they faced a postponement until the 28th of June as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. The government, under control by populist Conservative Party Law and Justice, made continuous attempts to hold the elections in the middle of the crisis, even tried to organise them by postal voting only. Yet the pressure from all sides of the political spectrum, including from their own party members, forced them to reschedule onto a new date. And now, with a few days to go, the race is on, and we take a look at who's who in the fight for the seat in the presidential palace. Current President Andrzej Duda is predicted to come out on top in the first round of elections, but polls by Kantar and Ipsos, published in recent days, show him and his main rival, Liberal Warsaw Mayor Rafał Trzaskowski of the main centre-right opposition party civic platform, neck and neck for the second round runoff. Joining us and helping to sift through the candidates is Martin Milczewski. Martin is a journalist and director of public affairs at Open Dialogue Foundation. Hello, Martin, and welcome to your chat. Hi, Ken. Thanks so much for inviting me. You're most welcome. Now, before we get into the election discussion, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the work that's been done at Open Dialogue Foundation? Right. So um, the Open Dialogue Foundation, or uh, ODF, uh, well, we're an NGO established in Poland in 2009. Uh, currently, we have offices in Brussels, Warsaw and Kiev. Um, in Ukraine, and we work mostly in two areas. Um, so in both cases, it's the promotion and protection of human rights, democracy and, and the rule of law, mm-hmm. uh, or let's say generally the European values. But we work on one hand in, uh, in the post-Soviet space and on the other hand um, in, the, in the EU. Um, so right now, of course, mostly, uh, mostly Poland and, and Hungary. Uh, so, uh, so, so the second part is quite new to us. We've only been involved in, in that in defending the rule of law within the EU uh, since it became threatened by, um, by the coming to power of obviously law and justice in, in Poland uh, and then uh, Orbán's fidesz in, in Hungary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's say generally the rise of populist, you know, illiberal parties and then politicians in, in, in Europe. So let's say that's the theory. Now, uh, in practice, what we do is we conduct, or well, as any NGO really, we conduct advocacy, or let's say, um, let's, let's be frank, lobbying, but for democracy, for human rights. And of course, we do it in, um, in international institutions. Uh, you know, we cooperate with EU institutions, the UN, OSC, Council of Europe, you name it. And we provide them with insights and then analysis, let's say, from, from the ground, you know, from the countries we, we work in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work very closely with activists, with human rights defenders on the ground in, you know, in Kazakhstan, for example and let's say with uh, persecuted judges in, in Poland right now. Right. Uh, and, and then based on that, we produce reports, you know, we write open letters, appeals for action, you know, from, from uh, you know, like, obviously every single time uh, it's, it's, it's really all about some sort of uh, lack of, of action from, you know, some high level stakeholders. So we just try to influence them any way we can to act, you know, in like from, from specific cases to, let's say, more general, you know, action, let's say, against uh, a government, a, a regime which, uh, mm-hmm. which violates human rights or, or, or the, the law of law, like, like, um, like right now in, uh, in Poland. So, uh, so that's one thing. And, and then also, we, of course, we, it's more like uh, more, let's say, concrete uh, action, not just, you know, writing and sending emails, but also we 
organize uh, missions, you know, fact-finding fact -finding missions, monitoring missions uh, for those high-level officials. We take them, you know, to visit jailed activists or, or victims of torture, etc. So, so that's that's our work. And me, myself, I'm uh, I'm working mostly on this, let's say, European uh, EU front, uh, rule of law, Poland, obviously being Polish. So, so that's that's my uh, my specialty within uh, ODF. Mm -hmm. And in regards to say the reaction that you're receiving from the government. Now, if you were to try and do this in Hungary, obviously you would probably meet more resistance. Are you getting similar levels of resistance now coming through the ranks? <laughs> that's uh, that's an excellent question, actually. Well, if you ask, uh, I guess anyone you know in Poland involved in in this uh, struggle for uh, for the rule of law, especially now for the for the judiciary, uh, they will tell you that uh, ODF is is uh, is Kaczynski's you know number one enemy when it comes to NGOs. Right. Uh, I mean, they they truly hate us, and and they try literally every trick in the book to to get rid of us. Uh, most famously, or the infamously, they um, extradited our uh, our president. Uh, so Nelumina um, Kozlowska, who's a who's a mm -hmm. Ukrainian national. Uh, she was actually banned from the EU, so they actually entered her into SIS, so the Schengen uh, in, Information System. Uh, she was banned from entering the EU, wow. uh, which obviously was, you know, illegal on, on, on so many levels. Sure. Uh, but but they did that just to punish us. Actually, fun, fun, funny thing, why they did, they actually wanted to punish us? Not for you know our uh, you know our, our actual work, you know, advocacy, defending you know rule of law against them, whatever. Uh, I'm from them. They, they actually punished us for for one Facebook post. Of, uh, of my colleague, who's actually her husband. So basically, her husband uh, is also one of her managers, um, and and he posted um, uh, his his ideas on how to um, how to oppose the, the government in a in a in a peaceful way. Um, and and because of that, actually, the the minister of foreign affairs reacted to that. Uh, they tried to 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 actually take over uh, the the foundation's board. You know, they went to court. Of course, they, they lost in, in, in court, and mm -hmm. then, you know, if they, they, so they didn't we have any any other way you know, of, of silencing us. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they just expelled our president from the EU because he was Ukrainian. They couldn't, you know, touch him, so, so they just targeted his wife, you know, which was obviously completely absurd, but, but they did that. Uh, yeah, so, um, crazy story. It, it sounds like something from a Kafka's novel, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely, and especially the the way this this whole story ended, because I mean it was a you know a, a huge blunder basically, because mm. uh, very quickly, I mean within you know within a matter of, of weeks, uh, she was actually invited back to the EU uh, first by the German government. She actually got uh, well by, by the Bundestag. She actually got a special visa with like national interest actually oh, written wow. on oh, it, wow. <laughs> uh, and then Belgium. So it was a. Uh, um, he Verkhofstadt, who, who actually uh, who actually managed to to, to to get her to enter Belgium. She spoke in the European Parliament. Uh, of course, she spoke on her case, and then of course, you know, she was invited to uh, to the House of Commons in in in, in London. Yeah. Uh, to uh, to the Swiss no, sorry to the UN, uh, the French Parliament, I believe, uh, or no, sorry, the, the Council of Europe. You know, so basically, all the major institutions, you know, European international institutions, invited her and gave her special you know visas so that she could speak on her case on how uh, her NGO is being persecuted in Poland. So that was the result of what Poland did trying to, to silence us. I'm sure she'd get a big invite if she came here to Ireland as well, though. Mm, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, especially, especially now that we're on the European... Oh, sorry, we're on the UN Council as well. We're looking, we're looking to, uh, to promote democracy. Just before we go into the questions, I also wanted to ask you, are you concerned about the fact that in May, Freedom House um, nations um, in transit 
they reported that Poland, well, they they degraded Poland to from a consolidated democracy to a semi-consolidated democracy. H- how does that make you feel as a Pole, as a European, and as a person um, who was brought up really? Because um, you know you're, you're not you're not old, so you 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 know for you the communist regime, Jaroszewski, all of those things, they must be a, they're a distant memory that your parents used to tell you. So how do you see this? How does this make you feel as a Pole when you see that being? you know, your country being labelled as a semi-consolidated democracy? Well, sad, ashamed. I mean, many words come to, to mind. Uh, I, I was actually raised uh, still during the, yeah. uh, the you know, during communist times, so so the first, uh, well, six years of my life, but still mm. I, I remember, you know, the, the, the reality back then. So I really feel like like actually we took, you know, not a small step back, but like, you know, 10 steps back. I mean, literally we, we, uh, we moved from being, you know, this European success story, uh, and and I, I really know I live in, in in Brussels, right? So so I really know I really remember those times when we were you know under uh, under the, the Donald Tusk government when we had the, we held the, the the presidency of the European Council. Uh, we had you know Bieszy Buzek as president of the European Parliament, and actually we we're proud. I was proud to mm-hmm. be Polish. You know, people came to me in Brussels, you know, and 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 they asked, "Oh, cool, you're from Poland, you know? So congrats, yeah. we you know you should be proud, etc." And now. I truly am ashamed, and and actually, whenever I mean, literally, that's a, that's a fact. People come to me, and and you know, they ask me, oh, okay, where are you from? You know, I say I'm Poland. You know, from Poland, and and their reaction is, oh, I'm I'm so sorry. You know, I I heard what's going on in Poland. I'm I'm really so sorry, man. You know, and 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 what can I say? You know, I mean, it's true. I I feel ashamed for uh, for my country. So. So that's really my, my 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 personal feeling towards you know the current government and the president is I really hate them for what they did to the mm-hmm. image of Poland abroad. Okay, but I mean I suppose people like you are going to constantly raise awareness to the situation and eventually they can't stay in government forever. I suppose so. That's something that you you have to you guys are making sure that pressure is always enabled and pressure is always on them so that they can't sneak through things in the middle of the night to change legislation and you know reduce democracy so it's 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 great that people like you are there you know um, yeah. and i actually would mm-hmm. not agree with you that uh thanks to us or thanks to anyone they cannot sneak through you know some yeah. some let's say uh, evil you know changes to 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 the legal system you know during the night they actually do that they literally do that oh i, I know they, they do that yeah yeah or no, you know yeah. for, for sneaking in some you know small you think insignificant details you know into different legal aspects they do it, you know, overnight. Then in the morning, they had, mm. they had the president um, sign it, and and many of the actually the worst things that happened to 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 the Polish legal system in the last um, last five years, uh, now nearly five years, happened because of them, you know, acting at night, you know, with thinking that no one would would notice. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, just just by the way. I think uh, speaking of power, yeah. we could probably move on to talk about the um, the the upcoming presidential elections now, and um, perhaps for those listeners who are not so familiar with the with the Polish political scene and uh, details of the presidential office, is the role of the Polish president different a lot from what it is in other countries, or in other words, how important is the role of the president in Poland's uh, p- political sphere? Uh, so the, the role of the president, uh, well, in Poland right now, it's, it's shaped by the 97 constitution. Uh, but let's say I, w- I don't want to bore you with legal details. So, so in practice, um, Poland, of course, is a, is a parliamentary republic with the president's powers sitting somewhere, I would say, between, let's say, Germany, uh, where it's, you know, purely uh, honorary, you know, purely honorary ceremonial role. And let's say France or, or the U.S., you know, a typical presidential republic where the president holds actual uh, executive power. So officially, the Polish president's main duties are to uh, well protect the integrity and the, the continuity of the state. So you know he's the commander in chief of the armed forces, and 
to safeguard the constitution, which is actually quite ironic, mm -hmm. uh, considering that the current president, Andrzej Duda, uh, who, well, who, who broke the constitution at least seven times by now. That was a calculation of the, the former president of the Supreme Court, Adam Szczembosz. Uh, so, yeah, ironically, his, his role is actually to, uh, to safeguard the constitution. Um, and then let's say his day-to-day -day work, the president's day-to-day -day work, uh, so to speak, uh, he has well, uh, a legislative initiative, so uh, he can say, you know, submit legislation to parliament, he can veto legislation coming from parliament, uh, but then he can still be over overruled by a three-fifth uh, majority. And, you know, he can organize a, a referendum, so obviously that's important. Uh, plus, you know, the, the usual pardoning people, uh, formally, you know, nominating judges, presidents of highest courts, giving medals, etc. So, yeah, somewhere I say midway between France and, and, uh, and Germany, <laughs> you could say. And traditionally, has the position developed since the return of democracy? Yeah, well, in, in theory, no. So, uh, so it was set at the, the, the roundtable talks in, uh, in 89, mm -hmm. and then, uh, as I mentioned, codified in 1997 uh, in the Constitution. Uh, but of course, you know, it differs from president to president in terms of, of how they use their office. Right. So, you know, their, their prerogatives. So mostly in terms of the, of the extent of their independence from their party. Um, as well, we've never truly had, you know, a, a, a truly independent president. Uh, so they might either, you know, strive to, let's say, maintain the checks and balances and then veto any, any legislation that they don't agree with uh, or submit it to the constitutional tribunal, or they can just sign into power, you know, whatever is given to them. Uh -huh. um, so so the, the position um, depends, you know, mostly on the character, the, the integrity of, of its holder. Um, and then, like, if, if we go, you know, very quickly to the presidents, so we had our first president, obviously, Lech Wałęsa, who, who, well, who definitely, definitely didn't like character, but he also, you know, wasn't, uh, let's say, presidential material. So, you know, he, he won the election and then he held his office on the strength of his name, mostly. I mean, great, great guy. I actually know him personally, met him three times, uh, interviewed him. So I love that guy. But, well, obviously, you know, he, he, he was maybe a good president for his time at the beginning, but obviously his... Uh, his, his rule, you know, came to an end pretty pretty swiftly, unsurprisingly. Um, then we had Kwasniewski of, of the, well, the, the post-communist post uh, party. Mm -hmm. um, and and he was generally considered actually the most successful president of the Third Republic, since, uh, you know, he led Poland both into NATO and the EU. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, really, I mean, of course, you know, he had some small gaps and, 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 and such, but generally, objectively, I would say, and, and I'd say most experts would agree he was the best president we had. Uh, mm -hmm. Then we had Lech, Lech Kaczynski, uh, obviously, who, who, who died in the, in, in the Smolensk cat uh, catastrophe, uh, the plane crash. Um, and then, you know, he was generally lackluster. He had, he had, I would say, well, he had the most uh, legislative initiatives, but otherwise no major accomplishments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everything was fine with him. Uh, until he died, unfortunately. Um, then, uh, then you know, after his um, uh, his uh, term was was cut short. Tragically, uh, we had uh, Bronislaw Komorowski from the Civic Platform, uh, who's uh, yeah, who's actually also rather remembered for his gaffes, a bit like uh, like like Valenza. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, a, a bit of a Polish Joe Biden. Uh, but objectively, he was a good president. You know, he vetoed his party's government uh, four times, as I checked. Um, you know, he, he directed their bills to the Constitutional Tribunal uh, 14 times. You know, so quite independent. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we have the incumbent, um, Andrzej Duda, who in theory 
had uh, you know nine vetoes, so you'd think, oh, he's independent. But then actually seven of these were well ordered by by Chairman Kaczynski, right. uh, because actually five were actually still from the previous government. So he basically just vetoed okay. the previous government's uh, bills, and only two of them were real vetoes. So so that was the the, the famous um, uh, judicial uh, judicial reform yep. bills. Um, uh, but but then you know he did it uh, because well he he basically capitulated due to public pressure. Huge mass demonstrations, um, and then actually uh, the, the same bills. You know, he he actually signed in, signed into law uh, two months later, just slightly changed and actually probably in a more unconstitutional, let's say, direction. So yeah, so so definitely no independence here. And then so so, so I, I would say that the position of president in Poland not so much evolved as rather devolved under Duda. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his nickname is, is the, the pen, right? So he basically signs whatever he's, he's presented by, by the Law Justice Party. So, yeah, so that's, you know, where the, the, the role of, of the president landed is just, you know, a, a notary of the of the ruling party of Kaczynski right now. That was going to be my next question, in fact. So in the current political climate, do you think the role has taken on new significance? I would say that uh, that yeah, but it's not really you know it's not really new significance. It's rather diminishing its its significance. So uh, yeah, as I mentioned, I mean right now Duda is is, is kind of a, you know Kaczynski's puppet. So so um, so so I would say that right now the you know the the the, the role of the of the president is important, but not because of of who's who, who actually has the, the position right now. Mm-hmm. So it's not really uh, Duda himself. Uh, it, it's really the the fact. That actually, you know, we can we can regain this uh, this post. So 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 if uh, if if actually the if, if actually Duda loses the the election, then it, it it will be you know a huge blow to the to the peace party. And and really right now the the choice is is, is you know either continuing towards authoritarianism and then likely out of the EU uh, at some point, you know, with no division of powers, no 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 checks and balances, or really we get back on track, you know. Uh, and you know Poland will will again be a, a European success story. So that's why the position of president right now is so important, but not because of of, of who holds it right now. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you've already mentioned uh, Duda, Andrzej Duda, a good few times now. So, and the current situation. I mean, the current situation is that we have elections in the in the next few days. We have only a few days to go until we go to we as in we polls go to cast our votes. Uh, so. Maybe we can start actually with Andrzej Duda. What, when we look at all the leading candidates, what do you think are his chances at the moment? Well, I mean, it's it's looking more and more bleak. That's that's for sure. So so he, his his polls are are going down. So you know, back in March, uh, he had an, an easy first round win. You know, with actually over sixty percent. Uh, of the of the vote in in the polls you know, now is under forty percent. Uh, so you know his campaign uh, seems to to lack any any new proposals, any new energy. So he's just focused on attacking uh, well Chaskowski mostly, the, the the leading opposition candidate. And and uh, polls I, I guess are starting to feel you know the, the economic fallout of the pandemic obviously. Uh, so really no amount of photo ops or, or propaganda in public TVs you know mm-hmm. seems to, to to help him anymore. Uh, so so right now you know in the second round his uh, his tide. With, with all the three main counter candidates, or even losing to, to, to them, uh, so I'd say it's not going very well for it's, him. It's not looking pink anyway. Um, not anymore. And, uh, oh, and, and I'm sure, by the way, he wouldn't appreciate that term. I mean, pink for him. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just I actually kind of, of good. just as I said, <laughs> I thought to myself, it's kind of ironic. <laughs> 
I, uh, what are you I, assigning that color to him but. I'm sorry guys I actually thought that was some kind of in-house Polish joke uh, that you guys <laughs> said <there>. so, <laughs> but you um, but Martin you've already mentioned um, one of the main counter candidates uh, Rafał Trzaskowski who is a liberal uh, mayor of Warsaw um, he is the well, well, he is a candidate of the main centre-right opposition party, Civic Platform, but he has arrived quite late in the game into this presidential race because he had replaced a former candidate, Małgorzata Kidawa-Błońska. So what was the reason behind her dropping out of the race? And it seems that it was a good move uh, given the success of Trzaskowski's campaign, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Well, <laughs> First of all, I, I don't want to, you know, badmouth Kirava Boinska, having been a member of, of her campaign staff uh, myself uh, for a short while. But, uh, but yeah, she was a relatively weak candidate. Um, her, her message was uh, very inconsistent in, in light of the pandemic and, uh, and, and especially, you know, holding an, an election during it. So originally the election mm-hmm. was supposed to be held in, in May. Uh, and and really that you know that led to to her downfall. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so of course you know she will still be remembered as the closest we we ever got to uh, to, a, to to the first female president in Poland. So so there's definitely that. And I mean she is a wonderful person uh, privately, but I wouldn't say she was you know really presidential material. A, that a strong much. contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not a strong contender. And 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 I'd say also I would blame her campaign. Uh, and I can say that because I was, as I said, I, I was part of it. So he, she could have been a better campaign, and probably if she had, you know, better advisors, a, a better, you know, let's say, strategy for the for the campaign. But as I said it was very, you know, inconsistent. People didn't really know uh, what she's for, what she wants. Does she actually want them to to vote in in, in the May elections during the pandemic or not? Uh, is she dropping out of the race or not? I mean, it was all, you know, quite murky. Um, so, so 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 the choice to to drop her was uh, was really quite expected, and and I would say it was an obvious move. Uh, the civic platform, you know, was was polling uh, at a few percentage points actually uh, when when the when the May election was cancelled. So they mm-hmm. had to make make a change. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Chaskovsky turned out to be, I'd say, ideal. It would seem. Mm-hmm. The other surprise, of course, is the front runner uh, Shimon Hovnia, mm-hmm. who's running as an independent. Now Hovnia is a TV presenter of Poland's Got Talent. So are are we looking at another Zelensky there from you know the UK uh, Ukraine president? Uh, well, honestly, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare them that much. I mean, mm-hmm. Zelensky, you know, whether you like him or not, is uh, well. He, he's first of all the, the sad truth. I mean, he's dependent on on um, on the, the oligarch um, Igor Kolomoisky, um, Kolomoisky, yep. uh, who's, who's well, who's the owner of the TV station, which basically created you know Zelensky as a as a presidential candidate and mm-hmm. as a president. Uh, so there's not much independence uh, per se. You know, he's an actor, more of a showman. Um, and then with Holovnia, I, I would say, you know, he, I mean, he is an educated journalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really is independent. I mean, no one, you know, no, no journalist from from uh, from public TV or or any, you know, right wing, uh, right wing media outlet found any any reason to believe that he's actually, you know, just you know somebody's puppet or or, or mm-hmm. someone is is really, you know, paying. Let's say for for. I mean, of course, yeah, he has some sponsors, but it's not like he's he's actually dependent on on, on any you know one business or or, or anyone else. Uh, or, or any political figure. Uh, so um, I'd say, yeah, I mean, he's truly independent and, and I really have uh, high hopes for him. I, I think, you know, he might be 
the, the first sign of a completely new, let's say, quality in, in, in Polish politics. So I'm, I'm really hoping, you know, he will start his own party and, 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 and he will really continue his political career. We need, you know, guys like that. Um, even though I actually, but just personally, I just, let me just add, I don't really agree that much, you know, with what he represents and in terms of his ideals. I mean, he's like quite conservative, you know, he's quite close to the church. But at the same time, I know Poland needs someone like that. So someone, you know, conservative, but at the same time, not tied too well to the Catholic Church right now and, of course, to, to Kaczynski and, 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 and the Peace Party. So, yeah, so it's a good thing. And perhaps somebody who's not trying to polarize people again, kind of, you know, 50, exactly. 50% exactly. and other, the other 50%. I think he, may, he might be coming up with an idea of something there in the middle. Is he a Polish Macron? In a way, but I mean, if, if you look strictly at the fact that, you know, he's just new, he came out of nowhere and, mm-hmm. and, and he's quite popular. But, you know, but I mean, Macron from the beginning was a leader of a new political movement. I mean, he, he like, like it was very clear that, you know, okay, first it's, 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 he starts with a name, but it's, it's, it's going to really be, you know, a, a, a new political power in France. I mean, here, Polovnia for the moment is just, just you know, himself. Uh, he doesn't have any, any, you know, any structures around Poland. He has, you know, he has only his, his staff and basically people, you know, volunteers who, who, who support him. So, uh, so, so, so I'd say, you know, I mean, I wouldn't really compare those two. We'll see in a way at least. Hmm. Of course, if it turns out, you know, that he actually, as I mentioned before, if, if he actually does start a political movement uh, and, and with time, you know, he becomes popular enough to, 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 to actually win uh, both either himself or, or let's say his, his, his party comes, you know, comes to power, then, then yeah, then, then you could make this, uh, this, this comparison. And, and just coming back all to, to, to what you said, um, that, that's actually that's I'd say his main his main strength is exactly how he can unite polls. And, and I'm not surprised that actually his um, his well his polling actually as, as num- still not number one in terms of, uh, of of the candidates who can actually defeat Duda in uh, in the second round because he's the least polarizing. He's the he's actually the only one who really you know brings people together in terms of actually getting parts of Duda's electorate, which which Trzaskowski mm-hmm. obviously can uh, cannot mm-hmm. do. So yeah, good for him. So Martin, on paper we have three frontrunners, then we have a few others also running as independents and for smaller alliances. So going through the remaining candidates, who are they and do they have any chance of making an impression? And what were they like on social media? Yeah, that, that's, that's a good question. Well, I mean, so, so, so there are three of them, right? So, so, so there's uh, Kosinek Kamish, so he's this, you know, agrarian Christian Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, there's Christoph Bosak, so the, the far-right uh, candidate, who, who actually, I, I, I would say, uh, really made some impact. I mean, his party, you know, was polling at, you know, one or two percent, perhaps, um, at, at the beginning. And now, actually, he himself is really then, I think, you know, number three, number four candidate. You know, he, he, he's definitely higher than, than the let's say uh, left um, uh, left you know uh, liberal uh, candidate um, uh, robert Giedron. so uh, so yeah so 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 also in in, in terms of uh, of let's say their impact on um, in, in social media i would i would really give that to 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 bosak again so so you know he's smart he has a good stage presence uh, he has, you know, quite interesting economic policies, you know, libertarian. Uh, so, so like all of his speeches are very popular. You know, he has shared a, a lot, and it's like not in this way that, let's say, his predecessors um, did. So, 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 so there was a, there still is a quite a famous or the infamous um, 
politician called Corbin Mika, who was also, you know, super popular, of course, in social media. All the kids, you know, loved him, voted for him, and 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 shared his uh, whatever he basically he did. But it was just because he was, it was, he was, well, his whole his whole image was based on on scandals, just mm-hmm. saying something completely outrageous, and then of course, you know, he would be trending for the next day or so. Yeah, he ha- he has been doing that for the last twenty years, as far <laughs> as far as I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's his whole political career, you know, is is just saying something outrageous and, and and then mm-hmm. trending. Couple of days, uh, you know. For, for example, I mean, the, the, one of the most infamous examples from just a, a few years back, when he said that you know that women are are basically less intelligent uh, and, and and less talented, so obviously they should be earning less, you know, than than men. That's that's how how far it, it goes. So 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 Bosak is here really this you know this new quality. It's let's say the same side of the political spectrum, but then you know he's really young, educated. Um, I said you know he's, he's smart and and uh, unfortunately you know he's he's Eurosceptic. He's extremely conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so basically you know his vision of Poland is Christian, white and and straight. Uh, so obviously you know, like you can't treat him you know, as a as a serious candidate. Uh, from let's say from the European perspective, but at the same time, I'd say he's 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 quite good on 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 social media and and very you know media friendly. So so that's him. Uh, and the other ones, you know, Kosniak Kamish, I don't see him that much. So there was uh, there was actually well, there were high hopes for him at the beginning, uh, but right now, I mean, he's he's polling quite quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I, I don't see him that much, let's say, in in terms of also of social media or the media in general. Uh, and Biedron, uh, well, he had a great start. So Biedron actually was uh, well was believed to actually be the next president for for a long time. I mean, there are you know Facebook groups with ten, tens of thousands of fans, you know, uh, named next president next president um, Robert Biedron. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, his his campaign. Kind of fell apart, and and he himself is a is a bit of a of a say. Well, I don't want to say embarrassment, but uh, but I'd say you know disillusionment uh, because uh, well, the most famously or infamously, he um, uh, he, he he said that he would actually uh, drop out from the uh, from the European Parliament if he if he was elected. Uh, and 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 actually to, to come back to Poland and and to lead his movement in Poland, his new movement called uh, called Spring. But then he actually stayed in the European Parliament as a, as an MEP. So basically, many people, you know, he just let he let many people down. And since then, I think he's unable to really regain, you know, his, his momentum, unfortunately. And what about the big three in terms of social media presence? How have they been doing? Because Huovnia's, um campaign is very flashy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the color yellow. He's constantly getting out there, but. In terms of social media, which one do you think has gripped the people the most? Well, I mean, right now, I'd say obviously Trzaskowski. His, his campaign is, is really brilliant, and, and it's actually something I just commented on, I think, yesterday. So he released um, um, a, new, a new spot. Uh, and a new ad, and and uh, and you know, and and you could actually just on the same day, you, on the same day, you had a new ad from Chaskovsky and, and a new ad from um, from from Duda, mm-hmm. and and you know, Chaskovsky, it was like really this, this actually this Macron style, you know, like like very um, very moving, very touching, but but not like in a overly you know patriotic you know way, but but just modern, um, showing himself, his vision of Poland, you know, his family, his where he where he comes from, etc. And then on the other hand, you had Duda, you know, who whose uh, whose whole ad was just Attacking Chaskovsky, and I wouldn't even actually using any actual argument, you know. So just just saying, oh, Chaskovsky, that's this guy uh, who who ruled uh, Warsaw, and he was very bad, you know. He's boring. Uh, he's uh, he's lazy. Uh, don't vote for him, you know. He 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 supports LGBT rights, you know. He's just bad, you know. So so that was the whole spot of 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 the of, of the current president. So. Um, 
So, so I would say that that's actually, you know, that's something we really we've been really missing in Poland. And and uh, well, I mean, I'm obviously obviously I'm I'm a, I'm a supporter of the opposition, and and I blame the civic platform for for many years. You know, the last uh, campaigns, I say plural, so both you know European Parliament and then parliamentary campaign, uh, and of obviously uh, the, the the last presidential campaign of of Komorowski. I mean, they were all you know to to put it delicately delicately quite bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it was really you know repeating. The, the same tropes. I mean, you 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 could see that okay, they have the money, you know, they they put in the resources, but then they always really lacked any any spark. any soul. I would say any spark. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So it was just you know, okay, let's keep everything as it is. If you know, if you want to to for Poland to stay as it is, then then vote for us. You know, that was it. Or or it was also you know attacking peace, attacking law and justice, saying okay, so if you don't want the return of those bad guys. If you still remember them from you know from from ten years ago, then then don't vote vote for them, vote for us. You know that that was the the, the whole campaign. And now really you know we have this new quality that that, that we've been waiting for. So Chaskovsky definitely number one in terms of social media. Uh, and then, as you said, Hawovnia, uh, yeah, the the you know the the yellow, uh, the well, the energy. I'd say for Hawovnia, I mean, I, I really I really have to give it to him. It's it's incredible how he he moved. You know, the the people in masses. You could see, you know, his on you know his rallies. Uh, now, when when there was a, 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 de- a debate uh, a couple of days ago, at a TV debate, you had like you know uh, really crowds and crowds crowds in front of of the TV headquarters uh, cheering for him and and like with such you know positive energy, like truly believing in the guy. So uh, really gotta give it to him. His his grades in terms of of his presence and you know and the energy that just you know lifts. People's uh, spirits, yeah, and 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 gets them to follow him. Mm-hmm. And do you do you think Martin that the turnout is going to be any any higher than usual, given the well pandemic or easing of the restrictions and etc. etc. Et do you think many people will go to more people will go to vote this time or not? Yeah, I mean, uh, as as you said, the the, the restrictions um, were, were were lifted already mostly. So uh, so so of course, I mean, yeah, we're still well. Poland is still actually in, in the height of the pandemic, but let's say officially, you know, they they try not to 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 show it that much. So so people, I don't think they're I don't think they are afraid of of leaving their homes anymore. Uh, so I would actually guess, uh, I would argue that it might be the highest turnout actually in in history in, in modern Polish history mm-hmm. and in terms of um, actually all all elections i mean that can be comparable you know to the european referendum or or, or really you know these are like one of those defining moments for polish history mm-hmm. and i think both sides um feel that so 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 there's like huge huge uh, mobilization from both sides both know but both, both understand that the stakes so i don't think that the the virus or really anything else can can, can stop, um, can stop them now yeah yeah mm-hmm. no absolutely so it's going to be crazy Just one more question, Martin, because it's a big question that a lot of people ask outside Poland. The question about European membership, I mean, this is something that's quite divisive because obviously there's a propaganda machine working off the government. So the impression that you can get if you don't look into the the details is that Poland's very anti-European. But that's not the case, is it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a very tricky subject, and it's a very good question actually, because many you know many experts um, argue on that. Like, is is actually PZ, you know, a, a Eurosceptic party or or, or not? Hmm. So so the thing is that. Um, of course, in Poland, we still have a huge support for, for the EU. It's still like, you know, 80-something percent. It's, it's always been, and it's like one of the highest, if not the highest in, in Europe, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so obviously, you know, peace cannot risk 
alienating uh, voters, I mean, the, the, you know, the, 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 the citizens uh, by being like openly anti-European in, in any way. So, 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 so like they're walking this thin line, you know, their mm -hmm. actions obviously are openly, you know, anti-European, they, they defy uh, European institutions, but the way they frame it, uh, every single time they frame it saying that they want to actually regain Poland's rightful position, rightful place in the EU. Right. So it's not that, that, that you know, they want Poland on the fringes of the EU. No, they actually want Poland in the center of the EU. So they want Poland to be the leader of the EU, mm -hmm. not the true EU. So, so, so the European Union, the way they believe it's supposed to be, so, you know, Christian, conservative, etc. Uh, so, 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 so they claim to be pro-European, but, you know, in this tricky way that, you know, it's, it's not the same European Union that, that we see or we seek. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's their own definition of it. And, and, and it actually works, you know. So, so, so Poles who are pro-European, who, who want Poland to be in the EU, to be strong in the EU, they really buy this, you know. And they're yeah. like, okay, great, yeah, we want to be strong in the EU without knowing that actually what, what peace is doing is, you know, literally taking Poland out of the EU. I mean, you know, the, the, the moment we, we, we let, we, well, we're not going to leave. We already left the, the, the European legal order. I mean, right now, you know, with the, with the, with the highest courts openly defying the, 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 the court of justice um, of, of the EU, mm -hmm. then obviously, you know, uh, the moment we, we lose uh, judicial independence and we can, no, we can no longer be considered part of the uh, European legal framework, we cannot also technically be, be part of the EU. So, 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 you know, if, uh, if Poland doesn't uh, lead to a, to a poll exit, it will be just, you know, the EU would just will, will, will say at some point, okay, enough, uh, enough is, is enough, you know, if, if you don't want to, uh, you know, be in, a, in our club, play by our rules, the, the rules that you agreed to when you, when, when you joined the EU, then, you know, get out. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, that's our truth. And then one final question, because, again, it, we have to look at, Poland in a in a sort of unique way. You look at a country like, say, the UK, or you look at a country like even the United States. There is a, obviously a race issue there because there's the Latin vote, you know, and so on in the United States. But obviously, Poland doesn't have a big, um, you know, immigrant culture. It doesn't have a lot of different races and cultures in there. So the question that I suppose can be most similarly uh, put towards that is about gender. So in terms of the, you know, the female vote, because we know about who's looking at the LGBT vote, but in terms of the female vote, who is the most appealing candidate, do you think? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting question. Well, I, I never really thought of that, to be honest. <laughs> uh, well, in, in, Trust in terms, Ken. I mean, obviously, in, in terms, you know, of, of minorities, that's that's obvious that, that yeah. you know, that that, that uh, peace alienates all, basically all of the minorities. Yeah. I mean, in terms, you know, of, uh, we, we, we actually, funny enough, we actually just produced a, a report, ODF produced a, a report on that just a couple of days ago. Uh, I think it was like Friday, we actually uh, had, a, had, a, had the, 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 the premiere of a report on a hate crime in mm -hmm. Poland under peace in, in, in 2019. Uh, and, and we had like 37 uh, concrete documented official cases of hate crime uh, really you know people and people you know beaten up or or of course mm -hmm. the, the most you know famous uh, example of uh, president uh, adamovich who, who 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 died you know because of yeah. of, 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 of hate uh, hate speech in in, um, in in poland uh so so i said in, in terms of minorities that's pretty clear you know they will support the, the 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 left candidate in terms of women it's tricky i mean obviously um it, it, it when it comes to the far right they they i'm, I'm sure you know they have a the, the far right candidate christoph bosak has, yeah. has very low support uh because well they are they, they, you know they openly question women's uh, rights um then then with peace you know it's uh it, well we, you, you had several attempts to to limit women's um uh, reproductive uh, rights 
so obviously you have a huge you know feminist movement uh, against uh, peace against mm. duda uh, so so of course all the you know liberal women uh, they, they 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 will never vote for him they will vote, you know, Trzaskowski or 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 Biedronierhovny or anyone else, uh, not just you know, not from the right. Uh, but then, you know, when it comes to let's say the the average, you know, Polish woman, if if you can say so, I'm I'm, I'm not even sure there is such a category. <laughs> sure, I mean, yeah. Yeah. people, people careful, are, are so polarized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like I don't want to you know, generalize, and then like people are so polarized that I don't think you have, you know, like 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 a typical Kowalska, like you have a typical Kowalski, and you can really kind of predict what what a typical Kowalski will will you know will will do. But I say in in terms to when uh, when it comes to, to women, uh, I would say it really depends, you know, on, on which side of the political spectrum they are. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't right. generalize. I wouldn't say that they will, you know, overwhelmingly support one candidate or or, uh, or or the other. It really depends. I'd say, you know, it's 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 been always the the, the same thing in Poland. It's really, you know, a division between Catholic uh, conservative values and uh, and let's say being, you know, pro-European liberal. Mm -hmm. So it really depends when you stand. You know, it depends how often you go to to church. Basically, you could, you could, you could exactly. put it, you know. Okay, so um, you, you've given us uh, quite a, a breakdown of all the candidates. So, are you comfortable making a prediction on who's going to be spending the next five years on the in the presidential palace on Krakowski Przedmieście in Warsaw? Yeah, yeah well. I don't want to jinx it, uh, but I do <laughs> want to say uh, Trzaskowski. Uh -huh. um, I, I mean, I really believe in him, and 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 I believe in most importantly, I believe in Poland being smart enough to elect him. You know, so so it's kind of a hopeful educated guess, I would say. Mm -hmm. Martin, thanks very much for joining us and helping um, to give our listeners an excellent insight for the 28th of June. But before we go, uh, can you give us um, details on Open Dialogue Foundation and how our listeners can find out more about that organization and what you guys do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With pleasure. So uh, our website is uh, odfoundation.eu. Uh, then we're on, uh, I'm hoping, I want to say all social media, uh, I'm actually responsible for our communication, so, uh, <laughs> so I'm not that proud of it because like, we're, we're not on TikTok, unfortunately, and we're not planning <laughs> not yet. to be, but everything else, not yet, exactly. Uh, we can follow, you know, President Duda and actually create a <laughs> TikTok account at some point, yeah. but we're definitely present on uh, present on, on Facebook, uh, in our Open Dialogue Foundation, uh, Twitter, Audi Foundation, uh, LinkedIn, uh, so 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 you can follow us wherever you want. Even actually Instagram, I really love our, our Instagram because we we try to be you know less formal on Instagram and have some nice you know fun pics from our missions, from our meetings with high level officials, but also you know some more fun, let's say with the, with a more fun you know aspect. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I definitely invite everyone to to follow us through social media, and of course you know you can always uh, reach me. My my email, my phone number are are public on our website. So sure. um, so the website again. What's the website address? Sorry. So it's uh, odfoundation.eu. Okay, OD, that's like great. open dialogue foundation.eu. Well, Unfortunately, odf.eu was taken. I, I, I checked. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So we got lucky with Europe United All Race as well. Listen, what we'll do, um, Martin, is we'll put that on our podcast information as well. So we put a direct link to the website for you guys um, to make sure that they can click on and find out more about the uh, the work, the great work that you do. So that's it. From us at episode 22. And if you want to find out more about Europe United, you can go to our website, which is Europe United EU, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter, also at EuropeUnited.eu. My name is Ken Sweeney, and thank you to my guest, Martin Michelski. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Ola. Thanks so much for having me. It was a mm -hmm. true pleasure. And, uh, and also to my. To my uh, my my expert uh, for pronunciations of Polish names <laughs> and addresses and everything, Oli Yashinska, of course, <laughs> for joining me in this episode. Uh, thank you, Ola. 
bardzo proszę. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> and uh, guys, we'll be back soon with episode 23. Uh, we'll be probably doing a podcast as well on the impact of the Polish uh, presidential elections and we'll see how that goes. So take care, everybody. See you really soon. <laughs>